0: Oh, nerds
1: and junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages, we're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nation's podcast.
0: Never apologize for being nerdy.
1: All things geek are up for grabs.
0: Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes.
1: Here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots.
0: Hey, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome to the New United Nations podcast. I'm your host from the great white north of Canada, Melissa Nicholson. And with me is my co host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. How are you, Jared?
1: Well, I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk some Wonder Woman tonight.
0: Me, too. I'm super excited for this. I think we're going to have a good time.
1: It's going to be a good time, definitely. Um You read the title correctly. uh Wonder Woman 1984 came out on Christmas. It did, I'd say, a very divisive film. I'd say that I, the nicest way to put it. Um, a,
0: a lot of mixed reviews from this one.
1: Uh, Melissa and I aren't going to go too in-depth with our thoughts and opinions on it, because we did that plenty on our top 10 films of 2020. So go check that episode out if you want to hear our, our complete thoughts on uh, Wonder Woman 1984. But uh, tonight we're going to try something different, and we'll also tell them what we're doing tonight.
0: Tonight we're, we are pitching our ideas for, for Wonder Woman 3, which has been... Um,
1: it, it was confirmed almost uh, instantly. I think it was, it was. confirmed like day, I think it was confirmed the day it came out, or not too far off.
0: Yeah, because I guess it did it did well enough that they decided to basically have it go forward. So, um, which is pretty exciting, um, and I, I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do with um, with the continuing story. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, hopefully make it its own film like 1984 was.
1: So uh, we set a couple guidelines for this. Uh, The first guideline was that this film must take place after Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Steve Trevor can only appear in flashbacks or visions or hallucinations. And any casting of people from other superhero franchises like Marvel, Black Horse, or anything pre-Man of Steel in the DC Universe or Vertigo must be at least five years removed from the role. So we can't cast Norman Reedus. We can't cast Christopher Evans. We can't cast uh, Robert Downey Jr. to play himself again for another 12 years. So if, they, if, this, uh, if, you, if some of you casted, played a previous superhero role, they had to be at least five years removed from that role. So Melissa, how about we start with you? I will be your, I'll be your Patty Jenkins. I'll be your DC executive. Pitch to me your Wonder Woman 3 idea.
0: <laughs> so, uh my Wonder Woman 3 idea is revolving around the theme um another sort of very important theme as like in the previous films um they had uh truth and then justice and now I'm looking at love, which is another very important thing. And I think that it could be an interesting route to go down. Um my story sort of revolves around um this businesswoman veronica kale who has watched over diana prince for a very long time she has even she had even formed an organization um that basically was to find out the the location of thera mascara and um and re- she was really kept a sharp eye on on her life and things and and from that she developed a hatred <laughs> And so I'm kind of working around that and because her hatred is that, you know, Wonder Woman Diana has been basically handed things, hasn't had many challenges in life and, well, she kind of has, but Veronica just sees it as, well, just somebody with a lot of privilege and no problems and hasn't had to work hard for anything whereas Veronica has really had to work hard for everything that she's she's achieved and gotten through, and you know she really has had to fight for for everything in her life, and never had anything be easy for her or be handed down to her, or she hasn't even had a life sort of privilege until she became ultimately successful and so i'm sort of playing off her a bit of her backstory um, with her daughter Isidore, who was left on a paradise island and she had to keep her there because otherwise she basically, she would die if she left. And she blamed, um, she blamed Diana for that because of um, Wonder Woman's personal feud with Eris, who's the god of war. And Veronica kind of dealt with him a little bit and dealt with him on the island with the two gods uh, Deimos and Phobos, who they basically blackmailed her and exploited her and just didn't treat her very well. And so, um, Veronica is basically at the end of the day seeking revenge. She's like, I've had enough. I'm gonna deal with this girl for the last time, and that's gonna be it. And so, she's very much acting on, you know, quick judgment from. You know the loss of her her daughter, she also had lost her best friend um, she biggest thing is she hates the Olympians, and of course she doesn't like Diana very much so and her personality is very much like thinking affection only makes things worse, so she's very cold, she's unfeeling, she just no love whatsoever she's just you know she's been through so much she's basically done, and she's gonna act on on. Um, you know, plans of of dealing with with Wonder Woman Diana. And I'm also, um, I'm bringing in uh, Cheetah and Barbara Minerva um, because I feel like we haven't seen the last of her yet. It was sort of like she redacted her powers in the previous film, but there wasn't much after that. So, and Cheetah has been sort of a constant character within the comic universe so we can certainly bring her back
1: and technically we never hear Kristen Wiig say I, resent, I renounce my wish technically we've never heard her say it exactly. and I think, there are com- I think there are comics where she does try to find that power again too mm-hmm. so, so even if Maxwell Lord renouncing everybody's wishes takes that away from her there are stories where Barbara Minerva does get the cheetah powers elsewhere
0: Hmm. And also um, Cheetah has worked With Veronica um, She worked with her uh, Within her organization And kind of paired up and, and worked Together so there can be kind of That story as well um, But then Cheetah could also Be you know playing both sides Right like she could be working with Diana And Wonder Woman but then Have that ulterior motive of Working with you know Uh, With Veronica so it could be an interesting story happening Um, but basically um, out of this is you know um, is basically Wonder Woman like Diana teaching Veronica like love that this is the importance of it and that you know violence and you know hatred isn't gonna solve anything it's not gonna solve her problems it's not gonna you know nothing nothing comes from from hatred and you know could teach her about compassion and you know kindness and sort of things like that so it'd be kind of an interesting thing to explore and you know maybe you know maybe change veronica maybe not maybe there could be a big sort of epic battle happen i don't know <laughs> but um i think it would be a, a pretty interesting um Pretty interesting story, which could explore a lot of sort of Veronica's backstory and then come into sort of that sort of present day and having that story unfold.
1: Nice. And uh, who is your casting choice for Veronica?
0: My casting choice uh, for Veronica is Lauren Cohan.
1: Yeah, well. We did. We did get her as Martha Wayne, and we did get her as Martha Wayne in BVS.
0: And how many years ago was that?
1: Twenty twenty one technically makes it five. So the Canadian cheated. <laughs> well, what if? Yeah, I guess. But this just reminds me a lot of uh, when. Andy on Holy Batcast, they did their fan casting, the Batman villains. And Jamie picked uh, Lawrence Fishburne as uh, Ra's al Ghul. And Andy and Brendan are kind of looking at each other. Uh, That's a great choice, but uh, he's already playing Perry White in the universe. (laughs) I do like it, but I still I still want it, since we are allegedly getting Flashpoint. Allegedly. Um, I'd still like to see Lauren Cohen as the Martha Wayne Joker, though.
0: Mm. I, that would be pretty cool. But I think, you know, I it was kind of, I, I really had a hard time picking who would play that character, and I kind of went with her because it would be, you know, interesting to see her in, because I know her best from The Walking Dead. That's where I know her mostly from. And I thought she was a really great character, and I think you know, she she did amazing acting in it, and I just thought it would be pretty cool to see her as kind of a bigger sort of villain character, and I don't know, I just thought she could be somebody who could pull that off, so um, I thought she'd be a pretty good fit for that. And I know she <laughs> she, was, she was Martha Wayne, but I mean I kind of played off well it's been technically five years and it was brief. I mean it wasn't like she had a huge role in the film, like she wasn't all in you know throughout the film. So that's where I was going with that. <laughs>
1: um well, where where in the timeline does this take place? But so between the spectrum of the first Wonder Woman movie taking place during World War One, and for the sake of argument, because as, of the, as of the time of this recording, Zack Snyder's Justice League has not been released, so our timeline is between the first Wonder Woman film and Joss Whedon's Justice League. Where does this take place, or is it like a, or is it post Justice League?
0: I would say maybe. Um... Probably post Justice League. I think that would work probably best for that
1: story. Yeah, I would say that that would work best, especially if you want to have a time. If you want to have a film that's taking place where Wonder Woman is a known care, a known person in the community in mm-hmm. the world, then you are going to want to have it take place post Justice League because she, she hides away between the course of these films so she goes back into hiding essentially after all these films until bruce teaches her to step up a little bit become a become a face or a leader mm-hmm. for them so yeah, that if you if you're going to have a film take place where somebody start uh people in the known world are starting to resent diana or wonder woman then you're going have to have it take place in the post justice league world
0: mm. i think that would that would make perfect sense and you know, they they know her, and they have you know their feelings sort of against her, and so it would be kind of a good, um, good time period to do that in. So I think it would it would work. So I think before it, no, not so much, but yeah, but after that, yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, um, how much focus do you plan on giving uh, Veronica's backstory?
0: Not much focus. I mean, enough that you kind of get the sense of what happened. Like, you know, focus like the the Paradise Island stuff, because that's basically where a lot of that stuff came from. And like Veronica has been following her for maybe even longer than that. We're sort of in or around there. So it could be that springboard to okay, this is kind of, you get a sense of her and then you just go from there, not spending the whole movie, you know, getting to know her, just a brief, like, okay, this is where she's come from. Okay. We get to know her and then go off into the film from there.
1: So, so sort of like how, when we go into BVS, how Lex Luthor is already established. He is a name. Like this, is this is a guy who's existed in Metropolis for a while. He's, already established name so uh well diana likes to travel around a lot so uh, where do you see this one taking place like uh what because during like like, say by the end of during the course of wonder woman one she's in paris wonder woman 1984 she's in washington dc so where do you kind of what part of the world do you see this film taking place and they because you fear she's jumping around from museum to museum and stuff.
0: Mm. That, I'm not, I, I don't know. That one, that one's still, like, I'm not sure where, where exactly it would, it would be. Um, Cause I mean, like she could be, she can be anywhere really. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know the story's going to be the characters, but where I'm not. I'm um, <laughs> not sure. <laughs> I have other people that I have casted, so I can I can mention those. Guys.
1: Yeah, go ahead. So, go ahead and uh, fill me in on some more stuff.
0: So I have um, because the two gods, uh, Demos and Phobos, who are Demos is the god of dread and terror, and then Phobos, his brother, is uh, Demos, brother is the God of Fear, Panic. Fear and Panic. Um, And so basically at first they are like human form. Obviously they're gods, but they're like human form. And then they get turned into hounds or canines by um, um, what's the witch's name?
1: Cirque.
0: Cirque. Yeah. Veronica gets her to change them into hounds because they were the ones who ultimately blackmailed her and exploited her because they were working with Eris, who Eris is um, their their father. So um, they they were kind of the, the henchmen in this. So then Veronica's like, well, we'll <laughs> turn them into, into hounds. But before that, um, I've casted, because obviously like, if you want to explore a little bit of their backstory and have them involved, um, they, you know, you have to have them before they they turned into into hounds. So I've casted for Demos. I've casted Aaron Eckhart, and for Phobos, I've casted Kevin Durand. And we haven't seen either of them for quite a long time, especially Kevin Durand. He has been in a DC swamp thing, but it was sort of a side role so not really in a in a um superhero film for a long time that's
1: that's that's fine it's much it's much like how uh david harbour went from being some random senator in suicide squad to being hellboy now to being some russian bearded dude in black widow being like a random background character it's not like chris evans going from being captain america to the green lantern or oh, okay. whatever
0: yeah or it's, it's ryan,
1: ryan reynolds different. going ryan reynolds going from green lantern to deadpool
0: yeah, exactly so i i figured it wasn't too much of a you know um a change like a drastic change or, or whatever and it it worked just fine so um i think like yeah the two of them would i think would be would be good so a good
1: fit. Uh, Phobos and what's the other one? Deimos. Deimos.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're Ares's kids. Um, have you read? I read this one on Comixology a few years ago, and I bought a bunch of trades on sale. It's called Wonder Woman: Paradise Lost. It's a heard. Wonder. It's a Wonder Woman Batman story where. Phobos, I know for sure, is one of them. I'm not sure if Deimos is another one too. And then another god or goddess comes down, and they possess. I think Phobos possesses the scarecrow. Uh, somebody possesses poison ivy, and somebody possesses the Joker, and they just turn Gotham into like a Greek-style wasteland. It's actually a pretty good story. <laughs> that sounds. That's weird. It when you as soon as you said Phobos, I knew that name rang a bell and it, that's the first thing that came to mind. I, I, I'm almost 95% sure that Phobos was one of the three gods that possesses. I don't know. I want to say since he was what you said, fear is what he is. It, I think he is the one that possesses uh, the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I almost want to say it was like a Loki style God that possessed the Joker. Cause it seemed, uh, seen something like that or not Loki's and Loki's a Norse God, but, um,
0: yeah, some an equivalent, of... a
1: Greek, a Greek, a Greek, a Greek equivalent to Loki yeah. possesses the Joker. And I can't remember who possesses, uh, poison Ivy, but if you, if you can find that story, I'd check it out.
0: Oh, definitely. And in my, my reading, cause I, I haven't really, um, explored the world of wonder woman all that much other than from the films. So, I did a lot of digging to kind of get to know her world and the characters involved. And, um, so yeah, I kind of learned a lot about, about, you know, her and her characters that she, she deals with. So, um, yeah, I can't remember. I read about that, that one of them, uh, possesses her and I, I can't remember it possesses poison Ivy, but I can't remember either, <laughs> but it was, yeah, somewhere in there. It, it happens. But, um, yeah, but yeah, a really interesting world that One Woman is in, and it was kind of fun to play around with it and piece things together to you know form what I'd like to see as a film, but probably won't be because somebody will come up with something better. But you never know.
1: <laughs> well, well, in this day and age, you can't really do you can't really take a comic story like a specific story and do it for a general audience. Um, for example, for my research, I started reading Wonder Woman, war of the gods, and it has Greek gods going against the Roman equivalent. So you have like Hermes battling Mercury. So the, the two messenger gods are like duking it out and stuff. But, um, I thought about doing that, but I you say, well, you can't really do a script for beta unless you do one of the animated films. Um you look at, I'll bring it up again, BVS, it takes from The Death of Superman, it takes from Dark Knight Returns, it takes from different aspects over these characters' uh, uh, mm. history. So it sounds like you did do some digging. Find it out. Plus, Greek Greek mythology and Roman mythology is so interesting too. Like
0: it is. It, it was. It is. It's pretty cool. All the like stories and things about all these different gods and goddesses and things, and all the things that have have you know have been told about them. And it's super cool. So I kind of I really wanted to to play on that a little bit. If you know, I kind of wanted to have them be a little bit more of a presence. I mean, you could um but however you you know may expand on on them maybe having a little bit more of a presence cuz i think it would be kind of neat to have them a part of things um but yeah i, I just i really wanted to play on that especially cuz that's sort of diana's world as well so um yeah that's that's kind of where where i was going with that
1: now is uh diana aware of her history with these characters dating back to Themyscira and, or how they relate to her, or how if not necessarily like related blood related or anything, but how these other characters tie into her history too.
0: It, when, when I was sort of, when I was digging around for it, it didn't really seem like Diana really knows other than when they sort of when they finally like have moments to interact and and because Veronica seems to be sort of a constant um, part, so I'm not sure when I can't remember really when that happens. But for the for a big chunk of it, Dan doesn't really know until kind of basically you know Veronica comes out of the woodwork and then you know um, they meet and stuff happens, but, um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, Diana doesn't really know her other than Veronica, just knowing all about her and really kind of having the mission to find her and her world.
1: Uh, so do you bring back David Thewlis to reprise his role as Ares from the first Wonder Woman film?
0: Yes, because there is a little bit in the story, like with Veronica, she does, um, Set Aries free again. And so it could be somewhere in there as well. I, I don't know, it intertwined within that story. Um, but yeah. So, and I mean, there could be, you know, a little, I mean, there could be little flashbacks of previous, like Diana dealing with him and things like that too. So it could be, this story could be a little bit more. You know, in an in-depth story, without going too, you know, overboard of you know, boring people to death and not knowing what the heck is going on. <laughs> but just having that—that that, oh yeah, you recognize him from the previous, the like the first film, so he comes back and he can easily be a part of that. So,
1: uh, how many times do you have uh, Diana physically? combating against her in the film. Because, you know, usually you have, like, your one big battle, like, halfway through the film, or, like, for example, Wonder Woman 1984, where we have Wonder Woman, she's there is in Egypt, going after Maxwell Lord, and they have the huge action sequence in the on the highway chasing him down after he makes that, grants the wish for the uh, oil baron.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do you have any huge action sequences with Diana screen off like is it is is your remind me of your, your villain's name again, your big bad? Uh
0: my my big bad character is Veronica. Veronica Kale.
1: So is Veronica Kale a formidable match physically for Wonder Woman? Like would she be able to hold her own? I would in a fight?
0: I would say so, but she also may be um, maybe a little bit weaker, but still be able to hold her, I think she would be able to hold her own And some, like, I mean, they could, you know, have confrontations and then maybe, you know, not so much, I don't know, may, maybe have like a sort of bigger, you know, confrontation leading up to one sort of big thing. Um... And, I mean, like, even, like, Diana could catch wind of what Veronica's doing and sort of look into her and then confront her and things could happen from there. I mean, she has, at this point, she could have um, Demos and Phobos as her hounds. So, from there, um, you know, things could, that confrontation could escalate, right? So.
1: Awesome. Well. You know damn well, every comic book movie has to have a post credit scene. <laughs> so, do you have one?
0: I don't have one. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know, let's, Wonder Woman eating tacos at the end. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, that's definitely a people pleaser because everybody loves tacos.
0: Right, so so they could be sitting around killing tacos, and and then I don't know something could happen from there. I don't know, but
1: but <laughs> I'm sure Gal Gadot, I'm sure Gal Gadot could make eating tacos look very good.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: <laughs> but we did kind of get that at the end of uh, Birds of Prey, where they're all eating Mexican food at the end of the movie.
0: This is true. So they got to do something else i don't know <laughs> <laughs> something really random that doesn't set up for anything cuz i don't know i think after 3 i think it it'd be fine i mean wonder woman 5000 i don't know <laughs>
1: i am worried i am worried about wonder woman's nutrition habits because between the first film 1984 dvs and justice league we see her eat an ice cream cone, take a little sip of beer, and then a flute of champagne and BVS. Yeah. So that's all we've seen her ingest over the course of all these films.
0: All right? So.
1: Well, she, oh, she goes out to dinner in 1984, though, with Barbara. Yeah, dinner. They go out to dinner. Yeah. Were... Well, we see her eat dinner. Never mind. Scratch I thought, I am dumb. Could I just watch BVS of the night. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, we don't see Diana eat much, do we? But yeah, she.
0: Then, I mean. I
1: mean maybe, maybe Patty Jenkins read my thoughts just now somehow and put it in order when they came Oh, yeah, you don't think she eats,
0: huh? Here, have this thought. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: going to show her at a restaurant by herself and show her out the little dinner <laughs> with Barbara Minerva. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so there you go.
1: (laughs) Fatty Jenkins, I hope you're listening to this episode because I'm going to tag you in this on Twitter. (laughs) Do you have a title?
0: Nope. (laughs) Wonder Woman 3. Creative, I don't know.
1: Trademark Melissa Nicholson, United <laughs> Nations Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you've been up for three days thinking about that title, too.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I know. Wonder Woman 3.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's taken me like three weeks to decide what, what the title is going to be. It was either A Wonder Woman three, B Wonder Woman three, or C. This is this is the good one, Wonder Woman three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this time with Roman nu- you should do it with Roman numerals. <laughs> it fits fit the theme.
0: Yeah, three printed, and then and then three is a number, and then three in Roman numerals.
1: I'd say if you want to keep the theme going, I'd say you go Roman numerals.
0: Yeah, I think that would work. So there.
1: 22 Greek gods, not Roman gods. <laughs> 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 There's no truth in this art. You guys are just making this up as you go.
0: Well, maybe we are, maybe we aren't. You, you don't know.
1: The Shadow knows
0: yep, absolutely <laughs> So well, that was I've... Wonder
1: Woman Three by Melissa Nicholson <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep um so i've obviously I've pitched my my ideas and sort of defended them and casted people, so now I'd like to hear what yours are, Jared. what's your perfect Wonder Woman film.
1: Uh, I never said it was perfect (laughs) because we had weeks to talk about to think about this and I didn't start writing ideas down until today (laughs) because it just came to me
0: I started like after we thought of this idea so but that's me
1: I thought of the villain right away but I didn't think (laughs) of the story until today because it took a while to get inspiration.
0: So what's your, your, um, so what's your villain? What's your story? What's, what's happening in your film?
1: So you've already mentioned my villain and I picked the sorceress Cirque. How great minds think alike. only, unlike your film, mine, she'll be the main focus in Wonder Woman three. <laughs> and, uh, I actually cast, People that haven't been in one, in comic book films, I cast Zoe Deschanel as Cirque because um, for those who don't know, Cirque is a goddess level sorceress. She's immortal. She has energy manipulation. She has immense strength. She's supernatural. She's beautiful. Hypnotic voice. Hypnotic singer. She's essentially, if people are familiar with. The Odyssey, written by Homer, she's assume, she's essentially Calypso, where she lures people in to do what she does, only in the comics, she turns men into animals, she turns people into animals that represent their personality. Like, literal manifestations of animals. So, if a man's being a pig, she's literally going to turn him into a pig. But, uh, I found that so interesting that I just go. that this is a villain I could run with my first idea was to be Dr. Psycho but I've talked about it off air with Melissa like Dr. Psycho is not really a villain you can do properly for a genuine audience this is what I wrote or these are the, the plot points I have in my adaptation of Cirque is a Cirque for genuine audiences that, you know, so you don't have to read the comics to really know who she is if you get, just get the basic idea that she is a a sorceress that she can do all these amazing things and you got that gist of things and she does play a part in Wonder Woman's past too and they're and whole but uh, I also have a supporting character and I don't have a name or anything and I was bouncing back and forth between either a college professor or a women's rights activist. And so you could just call her Mrs. Smith or miss Smith for all I know. I didn't think that far in advance. And when I was sitting here thinking of who I'd cast for this role. I had three ideas. I really, I still barely know which one I want to use, but I came down between Jennifer Aniston Catherine O'Hara and Leah Thompson. Mm. Leah Thompson oh. has been in a comic book film, but that was 1986 Howard's the Duck." so okay. and, and I don't in the way I look at my films, I'm trying to grasp a little bit or capture a little of that political thriller- type feeling they got in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's sort of the vibe I want to go with here. So yeah, Catherine O'Hara and Leah Thompson are mostly known, and Jennifer Francis are all known for like comedic roles. But I have well, I've seen Catherine, I've seen Jennifer Aniston do more serious stuff than the other two. But I know all three of them can do it, and I know Zoe Deschanel could do it. And Zoe Deschanel, first of all, knock down, dead gorgeous. We know an elf; she can sing. She's got a hypnotic voice in my personal opinion. You get those beautiful eyes of hers with her singing, try to seduce somebody and take my money. But um, And mine also would take place in a post Joss Whedon Justice League world because it has to do with Wonder Woman being in the zeitgeist. People know who she is. And my original idea with a professor who studied the Studies Greek and Roman mythology. Being sick of Wonder Woman would summon circ but I actually changed mine to this, this activist. I I I don't have a specific right she's fighting for because I'm I'm not a woman, so I cannot. I don't feel like I have a place to say what this they could be fighting for without offending somebody. So I would trust somebody to say, "Hey, this is something she's fighting for. It's not getting through." So this activist woman, I'm going to say it's Jennifer Aniston. She has a fascination with witchcraft and Greek mythology. And she's the one that does her research and comes across Cirque and is able to summon her through some sort of ritual to bring Cirque to our world. Um, I'm a huge, as much as I, I really do enjoy Joss Whedon's Justice League, even though I'm really looking forward to Zack Snyder's here, coming out here soon. But one thing I really love about that Justice League is how they tell the history of that war between Apocalypse and the Amazons and the Atlanteans and the gods that kind of storybook kind of thing. They also didn't like the first Wonder Woman film. They have like that storybook kind of backstory. That's how I I imagine Cirque's history or backstory being told where she's banished to the Island of Sorka by Queen Queen Nopalda. And, um, and I used this to loop in Linda Carter's hysteria from Wonder Woman 1984. Because also, being a a native Themysciran, she would know about Cirque and her abilities and all this stuff. And the reason why I think Asteria would need to have Diana, or Asteria needs to explain this to Diana, is I I, kind of want it to be how, like in the first Wonder Woman film, how it was kept from Diana until the end of the film that, the sword wasn't the god killer, she was the god killer. Mm. So, I kind of wanted that this stuff with Cirque hidden from her by Queen Hapalta for her protection. Because somewhere I haven't quite decided if I want it in the backstory or once Cirque is brought to our world, where it's revealed by an oracle that the daughter of Queen Hapalta will be her downfall. Mm. So, Cirque does essentially make it her mission to take down one woman. So, um, that's essentially how I saw it in my head. And I wanted to give it that political feel. I wanted the uh, Jennifer Aniston's activist character and similar sort character of like Target governors, lobbyists, all at state level, because I thought maybe going after president. Then again, I had to think, it it has to be at a level where it's going to garner Dan's attention, that Mm -hmm. this needs a resolution. And um, I wanted to incorporate Cirque's abilities to turn people into manifestations of animals and stuff. And I envisioned them sort of like how the changeling looks in the 2019 Hellboy film, so more like so st- instead of turning like men into boars or horses or pigs, they're like centaurs, minotaurs, like that. So they look like that. How the wild boar changeling looks like in Hellboy, it would look like that. And that's why I envision my first battle with Diana as she's having to, like fight these senators, lobbyists, stuff that. Transformed by Cirque activist, Anniston is trying to get her uh, agenda pushed, and nobody's just having it. So it's just, she's tried it her way. So just, she's essentially getting her stuff done by force. And it's after the, that first incarnate, this first altercation. That's what I'm looking for. First altercation that um, Hysteria comes in and explains to. Diana like hey this is who she is and it's been foretold that the daughter of Hippolyta will be her downfall and all this stuff so this is why you need to stop her and I think I think Cirque being visited by the Oracle would work in the backstory and then after the first altercation having or before the first altercation having to realize that Diana is the daughter of Hapalto I think it would work Mm-hmm. so I really haven't had a whole lot of other stuff planned up then I didn't really have how an ending filled this other than obviously Diana is able to overcome Cirque and send Cirque back to where she came from uh, back to uh, Sorca where she was banished to begin with with uh with uh, back to Them scare all that stuff so Going back to where it all began, and then essentially unclimate, anticlimactic with activist lady going to jail. But I don't, I don't really see her. I want, I really want Cirque to be front, front and center because we do get a lot of these villain team ups, especially in DC movies, where the, the main hero is taking on more than one threat at a time. Where I do want like Jennifer Aniston's character, that this female activist woman's right activist to be part of the threat, but it's not like she's gonna get in a physical altercation with Diana. No. And then just having a way. Uh and it is said in my research that Circ is she does not she's not one of those villains that repents her actions and she takes great uh great excitement or thrill pleasure she gets pleasure from doing what she does and wouldn't we all love to see like governor or somebody turn into like a giant man pig or something like that or if you're out go man bear pig half man half bear pig (laughs) (laughs) so wouldn't we all love to see that too and and but and you could bring her back in future installments too because look well i'm not sorry for what i did i'll do it again i don't care
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's essentially like my pitch for that too, and I don't really have a location in mind either because, well, it really could happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was thinking a little Washington. I, I didn't want to do the president because, it, like Washington, we just did Washington D.C. in 1984. Um you could do it in like the metropolis or Gotham city or S- central city or coast city, like any of the, or you could do it even at a level of like Texas or something like that. It's somewhere where they, these people are going at somewhere where women really have like to fight for the rights, which I know is still something that goes on to this day, which kind of got my mind going too. And I really wanted to really incorporate the Greek and, Greek aspect of Diana again much like our friend uh, Phil about bringing the Greek aspect of things again to Diana uh, which we kind of steered away from a little bit in the second film um, after using Ares in the first film um, that's something I'd really like to see again
0: yeah and I, I love your um, I really love your idea for the for the film I think that would be really cool and and I, and I agree. like, I like that you've brought back sort of the, the Greek mythology into it again. Like, you know, it, we really did kind of lose that in this recent film where it was so much a part of the film and the first one, like, because we're getting to know her and, you know, so of course we're going to get a little bit of, of where she lives and how she was brought up and things like that. And I mean, we did get, you know, in the beginning we got a bit of her, you know, her childhood things like that like her competing but again not a lot and then we sort of lost that throughout the rest so bringing that back would be pretty cool and um i think it would be the last of a film <laughs> yeah, yeah be a lot of fun
1: yeah like one idea I was kicking around was because is because circus as a sorceress so i thought about bringing in shazam at one point but uh I kind of like just focusing in on just Wonder Woman herself and Cirque. Um, I'd like to see somebody who could... We've seen her fight people who are physically capable. And uh, uh, Cirque is supposed to be like a physical and mystical supernatural. She's pretty evenly balanced. Much like how Bane is with Batman. Bane is an overall physically balance, uh he's a physical match and a mental match for batman so this is somebody who could have both yeah, we saw her fight um well since we saw her go against three different people in the first wonder woman film between general ludendorff doctor poison and um and Ares and with more well. General or Doctor Poison wasn't much of a. Nothing really came of that altercation between those two. She just kind of scampered off, but uh, you did get a good physical bat match with her and General Ludendorff because the special stuff he was taking from Doctor Poison, and then Ares being a good overall match, God versus God and then with wonder woman 1984 we get a good physical battle with her and cheetah you don't get really a huge altercation between her and maxwell lord that i remember not nothing physical
0: no i mean she she deals with him but not they're not like fighting or anything like that so it's mostly cheetah where she has that physical altercation
1: yeah so i'd like to see see her fight somebody that's not only a threat to her physically, but a threat to her power for power. Like she can overcome, she can use her sorcery or her magic on the Lasso of Truth or whatever Diana can conjure up. And then I had the first battle being between like this, these creations that Cirque is making out of your lobbyist centers. And you can, you can just see her like going up into a, a a, a Capitol building or even like going to like a fancy dinner club or whatever, like some of these people would hang out and you could see her all dolled up and just trying to seduce these guys in and working her black magic on them and doing it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like you just see the, the, that could be kind of the beginnings of what's to sort of what's to come. Like she's already starting to kind of, you know, leak into society and, you know, you know that she's up to no good and, you know, by what she's doing to other people. And yeah, that could be pretty good.
1: Uh, I really have a feeling that I left so few plot points out because like I said, I'm not, I'm not a female, so it's kind of hard to put things State things like I'm stating a fact or like I know what it's like to be in those positions to try not to offend anybody or anything. So I'm just trying not to say like, okay, this is what I, this is how I envision it, but I don't want to say it the state this. Is, this is this is how it is. Mm-hmm. So I I, I tried not to tread anywhere where I have no authority to state things like that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know really what's been going on with regards to like feminism and women's rights and things like that, which maybe I probably should be, but you know, mm. <laughs> should be a little more engaged with that. But um, for the most part, yeah, I mean, it's, you could, you could, pick anything and it would be relevant today really i mean it's it's an open open playground <laughs> of stuff cuz there's there's always things happening and issues and so i mean you can pick anything and it would be something that is very real now so yeah i mean it would it wouldn't be hard for her to or for to pick something and have that character you know be the the advocate and the activist for improving things
1: this is, we we both have stories that take place in a post Zach, uh, we both have films that are pitching films we are uh, sorry we're both pitching films that take place in a post justice league world so we don't necessarily have to have a specific place where these take place because we have to assume by now diane is not going into hiding so we don't we don't have to have her hiding working in the, the museum in chicago or working here or working there we don't have to have her in hiding anymore mm-hmm.
0: exactly so i mean again you're you're it's another open playground of where do you want her to be you know this time and you know maybe she could even be you know in the same place but I don't know, maybe you'd be kind of repeating yourself a little bit, maybe, or you know, close to where she was, I don't know. Um, I mean, you've got a lot of places for her to be, so.
1: and I really tried to find a way where I could work the story where it would be played straight, so yeah, just because Jed Francis' character isn't witchcraft doesn't mean she's dressing like the girls from the craft or anything, or anything like that, so she's very business, very uh, very professional-looking activist who is uh, what I am trying to push. It's not working, so I'm taking this from almost like a guerrilla warfare type style. Mm-hmm. And I there, I really think it's not that. <clears throat> it's not that Wonder Woman. The Wonder Woman films have been goofy at all. They've had their moments of quirkiness, but I think it's a character that does well playing it where it's more, has, has more of a serious tone in it. And I wanted to keep some, i still kept that serious tone to it while well, trying to bring back some of her, the Greek mythology back into it. Mm-hmm.
0: Cause I think, yeah, I, th- I think if you were to make her, you know, goofy or funny or like really, you know, outlandish it just you wouldn't take her seriously at all and it just i think it would be you know a bit of an offense to the character because you know she's an incredible character and just you know holds her own in a in a you know group of male superheroes i mean so you, you can't have her just be some wet dishcloth character so you kind of have to you know have it be a little more serious topic while still having, while still making it fun. I mean, you can't be completely dramatic and serious and whatever, but have it at a level of seriousness where it can still be fun. And I mean, yeah, I, this one could be, you know, it's got that seriousness and it's also got, you know, um, it also has the fun to it. And then it also has her, you know, her world of characters in there. So it could, it could work really well.
1: And I think Zoey Deschanel's got the chops that she's mostly known for doing comedy stuff where she's done New Girl and Elf and Yes Man, where I think she could really, and I've seen her in some serious stuff, like my least favorite movie of all time I've seen her in. Um, but uh, I think she could have, she could have like that little, well, personal preference alone, she could be that seductress. Where I've seen, I haven't seen the film as of we were recording this, but it, the way I see her playing Cirque kind of reminds me of the trailers I've been seeing for Promising Young Woman.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I haven't heard of that one, but maybe.
1: <laughs> or, well, just what I'm getting from trailers is that she, somebody can feel free to correct me, I won't be offended. We're, It's it intrigued me because it came out like I think it came out around Christmas, so so I didn't get a chance to watch it for the twenty twenty list. But um, I think it's like a woman that's going around and like getting revenge on like just random dudes and killing them. Okay. So it looks like it's more gritty in that kind of stuff. So I could see Zoe playing that, but not not to the extreme where she's killing people. But because I was trying to think like, well if I have her turning them into animals, will it be too goofy? And I thought about statues. I'm like, well, that's more of a Medusa kind of thing. So I thought maybe if she turned them into like, like how the changing looks in the new Hellboy movie. But I think you and me are the only two that saw the new Hellboy movie. <laughs> so They wouldn't know what we're talking about. So like she turned them into Minotaurs or something. It It, it would, it would give a threat for Diana to fight for the first altercation before having the final showdown with Cirque at the end of the film, the third act of the film.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think too, like, you know, for, um, it would be nice, nice to see, you know, actresses who've, you know, played like very much like Kristen Wiig. She's played sort of the same character over and over. And to finally like see her in Wonder Woman 1984 as Cheetah. Like and just blow that out of the water and just be amazing, it would be really, it's, you know, really be really cool to see, you know, actresses just, you know, you see them playing sort of the same character, same sort of comedy movies, and to bring them in a, you know, to a completely different role and, you know, just be amazing to see that, yeah, they do have, you know, talent beyond what they do, you know, to really, you know, surprise people and, you know make them see that, yeah, they do have acting talent <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you, and,
1: you, and you still get you still get some of that quirky Kristen wig stuff before she makes the transformation. I'd say between the, time, between the time that you first meet her and when she rips the door off of the fridge in her apartment, when she's just starting to get her powers. Between those two moments, that's when you get your Kristen Wig. Like your Kristen Wig, like oh. your typical, like your like your, like your typical Ghostbusters reboot, your Bridesmaids, your SNL. That you get that Kristen Wig between the time like you first meet her and she rips the door off the fridge. <laughs> like when she's starting to realize her power, this is when Kristen Wig transforms into like something we haven't. She has done some other roles, like I think it was my f- co-worker mike has told me skeleton twins i think is what he told me like where she's more of like a not her typical stuff role but was zoe and I, I, I saw the exact same thing with zoe deschanel that you could have her still be like the quirky charming girl that we've seen her and things do things had those moments but then still have her be that seductress that that siren that she, Cirque is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or
0: she be like the, the like she's luring of, one of the,
1: like she's she's luring one of the victims at like a, a dinner club or whatever. Have you she's being charming and flirty and cute and then she flips the switch.
0: And I could I could absolutely see her doing that and and doing it pretty well I think. You know yeah being being kind of innocent, whatever, don't think much of her, and then it's just like nope <laughs> this this is one you don't wanna mess with, and yeah, I think she could she could do that very well. I wanna see that now <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i I did a commissioned painting years ago for an old uh an old coworker uh friend of mine, um Zoe Deschanel as Harley Quinn. But uh, since I love Margot Robbie with Harley Quinn, I I still want to see Zoe Deschanel in a comic book movie. And I think this is probably the best fit for her would be as Cirque in a Wonder Woman film. And like you, I didn't really think of a a title. I thought uh, more like Wonder Woman 3, Man's World. Hmm. Good work. That's what they... That's what the Amazon. That's what the Amazons call. This is the, yeah. or they call it man's world, and it's uh. I have most uh, Jennifer Aniston, Zoe mostly targeting like male senators and stuff, and governors and stuff. So.
0: And I mean, that, it's that in itself is relevant because, you know, you've got so much of of you know males being in sort of the higher for the most part in the higher power roles and things like that so you know for women to be in that role it's you know it's, you got to challenge them and it's a little bit harder at times so i mean even that is a relevant thing um without even picking anything specific for you know to to fight for to advocate for and things like that so even there you know that that's something and and i think that title would work too because it's just it's challenging that that world and you know the world that we've in real life have built so (laughs) you know um yeah i think that could that could work i mean it's better than just plain old wonder woman three so in mormon numerals
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is creative though that's clever
0: I know that's that's like my creativity, and my game, like oh yeah, extreme creativity right there.
1: And for the record, I am am pro equality among the sexes. So before anybody attacks me, I'm pro equality amongst the sexes.
0: <laughs> Same here. As much as I said' I'm not uh as engaged as I am, I am like. Pro like you know equality and all that stuff, so don't don't at me anywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any other questions you have for me before I fold up my papers and go start casting Zoe de Chanel? <laughs>
0: uh, no, I think that's that's about it I, I like your your pitch for the film. I think it's great. And could be a I lot
1: of yours. I enjoy yours too. But uh, we did turn it up to our listeners to see if they have any ideas for Wonder Woman 3. And Melissa, we did get one response. Oh,
0: awesome. Okay. And I we will
1: get- read it right. This email comes from some guy named Michael Lyons. Hmm. Sounds familiar. I think I've heard of him. Tells really good so, stories.
0: All right.
1: Well, let's see. Well, his email goes as follows Hi, Jared and Melissa. Not a huge DC knowledge person by any means, but wanted to write in to say, first off, hi. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. <laughs> and second, I think the next Wonder Woman movie should be strictly a story that focuses on Wonder Woman versus Cheetah, possibly with cameos by other DC superheroes. How cool would it be to see Cheetah face off against the Flash or Aquaman, as well as Wonder Woman? Okay. Now, if you'll excuse me, I will crawl back into my Christmas Disney comfort zone. All the best, Michael. Thanks, Michael. So, uh, Wilson, what are your thoughts on Michael's pitch, of Wonder Woman three, about essentially just having it a Wonder Woman versus Cheetah with appearances by other DC superheroes?
0: I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, we did get. You know, like Wonder Woman and, and Cheetah interacting for that little bit in, the, in Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but I mean, it could escalate from there. I mean, that was nothing compared to <laughs> you know what you could do with with those characters, and I think that would be pretty awesome. I mean, it it was never said that she, you know, that Cheetah redacted her powers or anything like that. So, I mean, she she could absolutely come back and cause more mayhem so i think that would be kind of fun and then to have you know other dc superheroes come in there too that would be that'd be a lot of fun i think
1: yeah i agree and plus once pedro pascal's maxwell lord gets his full power of the wishing stone it almost seems like i wouldn't say that kristen wick takes like a goes to the back burner because she's still quite featured a little more, but it seems like Maxwell Lord is featured a little more over her. So we don't get a... We do get we do get several interactions between Cheetah and Wonder Woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it would be nice t- to see just more of her because I was very excited when Cheetah was announced to be the villain for Wonder Woman 1984 and that Kristen Wiig was cast as as her and it would be nice to get back to a superhero film where one villain is the main focus because it seems like ever since Batman and Batman returns in nineteen ninety two, a lot of the films we get for superheroes it has some facing off against two villains. Like I can count maybe a handful since then that I'm sure there's plenty more where you're trying to think where okay, how many times how many villains are we facing off against? Like Iron Man, first Iron Man, one villain. Uh the Blade movies. One villain.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Uh spitballing here. Uh seems like a lot of DC films, it's always against two villains, it seems like. Except, yeah. Yeah, except except for Man of Steel, Man of Steel is just uh, general zod.
0: Mm-hmm. I would I would agree. It seems to always be you know, these multiple villains like you have one, you know, sort of at the beginning and then you have sort of one that's sort of part of the middle subplot maybe and then and then you got the one big villain that sort of builds up to it, but it's never just one. So I think yeah, focusing on just one villain I think would would be fine and i think it would work i mean <laughs> well
1: i would say christopher nolan did it really great in one aspect and did it really bad in one aspect he did it really great by having doing multiple villains with scarecrow by bringing uh cillian murphy back to play a scarecrow in dark knight and in dark knight rises as like quick cameos so, like, yeah, he's still there. Yeah, have him being one of the big bads alongside with Ra's al Ghul in the first film and Batman Begins, but then bringing him back for those quick cameos in the other two, that's a great continuity do multiple villains. And he's not the huge main. He's not the main focus in the other two. He's just there. But where I think that he really failed with do two, two villains is the Dark Knight by wasting Two-Face.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Two-Face
1: was... Aaron Eckhart was a great Harvey Dent, but we didn't get much of him as Two Face.
0: Mm-hmm. It was very brief with him, like it was, like a little bit, and then it just, yeah, it, it was more Harvey Dent, which, which I get. They were focusing more on him, but yeah, for him as Two Face,
1: you have the Joker in that. Plus, you have the Joker in that film too. So
0: exactly. I mean, you could have nothing. Just nothing happened. was
1: going to touch that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you could have. You could have just had joker like you could have you know still have like harvey dent but have you know just joker as the main villain you know he wouldn't have had yeah because i think it, it would have been awesome to see more 2 Face, but well, well. Yeah, <laughs> maybe have him make it,
1: have him make his transformation at the end mm-hmm. so the next film we are getting two-face but i don't think at the time he. I don't think he, at the time he was in Dark Knight, I don't think he planned on doing a third Batman film. Yeah. So um, maybe if he'd known he was going to do a third Batman film, maybe he would have saved Harvey getting two, two, Two-Face for the end of that one. That way movie three focuses on Two-Face.
0: hmm Yeah. But even, you know, even like for um like for my my pitch like i I very much just focused on the one villain because i mean you've got you know you always have the you know the, the multiple characters and things and i figured just having the one would be and having you know like cheetah in there somewhere too but not you know be just another villain but have just that focus on the one i think just you know um you know that that works you gotta you know there's always the good and the bad and and it works in in film so you can't have too many and then it's just too busy so
1: and uh, I, I do like michael's aspect of bringing other members of the justice league in too so much like bvs where it takes batman superman and wonder woman to take down doomsday or to take on doomsday it's nice to see well obviously doomsday this is one of those characters obviously you're gonna need more than one here to take down. But it's nice to see to have like one villain be this big of a threat where Diana's gonna need help from other people. So maybe mm-hmm. Barbara finds a way to get her powers back to get him back stronger. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like I one of them's like I need help with this, like I have to call in Arthur, I have to call in Barry, I have to call in uh Victor or Bruce or Somebody, I need help with this, taking this guy down, or taking this gal down. Um, plus, Cheetah is essentially, you got Lex with their Superman, Batman, Joker, Wonder Woman, Cheetah. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is, like, her bad, her big bad. So, I, I I do like Michael's line of thinking of where Cheetah is this line of threat where won't. Diana does need assistance taking her down, hmm. and it's not. And I don't know if they are gonna once the Zack Snyder Justice League is done. If they are gonna be like not doing many more crossovers after that involving other characters outside of whenever we get Shazam two and Black Adam. But uh, I would like to, if they if they're gonna once Zack Snyder Justice League comes out if they continue to have. These other characters make appearances, other than the alleged Flash movie that we're getting someday before we die. Um, I think at the time we record this episode, they hired six new writers and six new directors. Um, but uh, yeah, I I do like Michael's. Line, I think of they haven't focus on the one villain again, especially Diana's big bad, her her Lex Luthor, her Joker, her Sinestro, her reverse Flash. Because she deserves that. Uh, Kristen Wig seems like we did not get enough of her in Wonder Woman 1984, I don't think. I I did love Peter Pascal's Maxwell Lord. But, but it, uh, it
0: really became focused on him. And I mean, I thought it was going to be a little more focused on on Cheetah, but I mean, which they they kind of did, I think, because with her sort of interacting with Max Lord and and things like that. But it could have been a lot more. And I mean, if you had a film with just them battling it out, that'd be awesome because that's what you'd get. That you know, the the interaction that you would have liked to have had in in Wonder Woman nineteen
1: eighty four. Yeah, and like we said when you have two villains as your focus one, you're going to lose focus on one. Yeah. So Michael, I a hundred percent agree. Diana versus Cheetah, Wonder Woman three, and you are a very talented writer. So I would trust you to write that script. And if I had any authority at Warner brothers, I'd green light your script right now.
0: Same here. <laughs> Instant green light.
1: <laughs> and And if you haven't read any of Michael's articles that, um, Melissa and I share a lot of them. Uh, Michael is a freelance writer, and so be sure to check out his writings, he is very good. And make sure you check out check him out on his podcast. Uh, he co-hosts uh, Disorder, where they well they just finished every Disney film uh, in order. With uh, he co-hosts that with uh, Hunter Fagan and Novas. You can find that wherever you find your podcast. So that's a, a plug for you, Michael. Um, and we will have you back on our show sometime soon. Um, but thank you so much for writing in, Michael. Um, I love your idea, and I'd like to see come to life. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Disney-miss. However you say that. And, Michael, you you are way more valuable than just Disney and Christmas. Never forget that, my friend. So... Patty Jenkins, I hope you got your notebook ready and you're writing all this stuff down. Me, Michael, and Melissa hope to hear from you soon about uh, pitching stuff to you. We'll do it over coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just to uh, recap on my uh, Wonder Woman 3 movie pitch, um, I cast, uh, my main villain is Veronica Kale, and then I cast Lauren Cohen as um, as Veronica. Of course, Wonder Woman is uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Deimos, um, I cast Aaron Eckhart, and Phobos, I cast Kevin Durand. And then I also brought back Cheetah, Barbara, um, and I obviously cast Christian Wig because she did amazing. And um, also Ares, uh, David Thewlis. And my story basically was um, the theme of love and Veronica watching over Diana and really creating a hatred uh, of Diana based, in, based on her life and being a little bit more um, privileged and having things handed to her. And so Veronica's basically um, seeking revenge on Diana.
1: Like, and uh, with my f- one, third Wonder Woman film, I cast the sorceress Cirque as my big bad, played by Zoe Deschanel with a supporting women's right activist played by Jennifer Aniston that also, like Melissa's, takes place in the post Just Weed and Justice League world. And it essentially revolves around this act this lady activist bringing Cirque to our world to to combat to not only well I guess yeah it really is to help push her agenda that she the rights and the the rights that she's fighting for. And she's tried her she's tried the peaceful way now she's trying this way and she's bringing back somebody from woman, a woman's past to be a match for and it's bringing back that, that greek mythology aspect to it so uh melissa where can the listeners find you
0: oh they can find me uh just on instagram as i'm no longer on twitter Uh, But they can find me on Instagram at at MissMelissaN25, and they can also uh, find me on a drawing. I post all drawing art uh, stuff that I do, and it's called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer, and it's all one word, no capitals, lowercases, underscores, none of that, just all one word. And that's Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. So if you want to follow me on any of those or both, that would be great. Uh, Where can they find you, Jared?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista underscore J. I also am working on a side project with my buddy Mikey for YouTube called Two Aging Bearded Nerds, where we look back at a time when Hollywood studios did not give a shit about scaring your kids. We are going to look back at some of those films from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s where they didn't give a fuck about scaring your kids (laughs) because you kids got it good today
0: absolutely
1: (laughs) so yeah look for that that's uh, coming soon Uh, Soon, our first episode will be on who framed roger rabbit because christopher lloyd made me shit my pants as a little kid (laughs) Uh, as a podcast as a whole Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nerd Night Nation's Podcast. We also have an email, Nerd Night Nation's Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, be a cool kid like Michael Lyons and write into us, interact with us. Maybe we'll 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 we will definitely read your emails on the air and uh, pitch an episode idea to us. We will see what we can do.
0: And speaking of episodes, um, if you want to listen to us, uh, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and also Google Podcasts. And follow us, subscribe, and also leave us a star review, maybe five stars. Um, it just helps us, the rating helps us get out a little bit more and let us be seen within the sort of podcast community. So, If you could do that, that would be really awesome.
1: We can spread the word of nerd. Absolutely. Well, Patty Jenkins, I hope you listened. Jeff Johns, I hope you listened. So those are our ideas for Wonder Woman 3. Uh, Special thank you one more time to Michael Lyons for writing in. Make sure you follow him. Screensaver blog. I feel like a bad friend because I can't remember all the other ones he writes for. Screensaver blog, I know, is one he does. Animation blog? Animation Scoop. Animation Scoop. Thank you. So make sure you follow Michael Lyons on Animation Scoop and Screensaver blog and follow him on Disorder, every Disney film. Um, for Melissa, I'm Jared. This has been another episode of the Nations podcast. And remember, the new year, it's still scary out there. Remember, be excellent to each other.
0: And party on, dudes. Thanks for listening
1: the thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs along.
0: and do not represent the companies they happen to work for thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening guys